Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my so happy it's the holiday season co-host, Bree Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? I think we did festive one time not too long ago, and I'm like, festive. I love festive. Festive. Well, we're just finishing up December right now, so it's like it's the festive time of year, and then it goes into like this non-festive time of year. I never know what to do with myself in January. Do you I hate feel that. Oh, yes. I, I, I. God, the hate's a big word, but I'm going to be honest. I truly do not like January. It's hard. It's, it's like, like a, it's like a month long hangover. You go, yeah, you go from this holiday high to yeah. just like, well, it's the new year. We're all getting older, right? Oh, and try enjoying January too when you're single because that's uh, when they start throwing out all the Valentine's Day stuff, and yeah. you're like, yeah, this is fun. This is, but you're <laughs> you're married now, Brie. I am married now, and you know what? We seriously considered getting married in January just so that Brie had something positive to look forward to. <laughs> oh my gosh, we got to make January a little more positive for you. Well, we have some positive things coming up for January for sure. We for do, sure. we do. Well, to get your New Year planning to get on the right track for 2022, uh, we have a great guest today. Her name is Ryan Haddon. She's a life and spiritual coach, meditation. Teacher, teacher, and hypnotherapist. She helps women create more happy, healthy, and more balanced lives. And she's also the daughter of an international supermodel and actress and has a wonderfully unique life growing up in Toronto, New York, and Paris. So many amazing cities. She now lives in New Hope, Pennsylvania, and is mother to four kids ages 7, 9, 20, and 22. And we hope you enjoy our interview with Ryan. Okay, Joanne, you know that in our family, we do the whole where everybody has to make dinner. Yeah. And it has been a real struggle getting my youngest to make dinner because she only likes one thing. What does she like? Steak. A steak. She is a steak eater. Wow. To no end. I didn't know that about her. Well, and it's funny because the rest of our family, we're not so much steak. <laughs> nah. Nah. So when she asks me like, okay, can I make steak? I go, sure. And then she's like, well, what can I make with steak? And I'm like, Heck, if I know, I don't cook steak. I don't know. But <laughs> Chicken you, or fish, I know. You found something in Cozy that really helps you out. We did. So the other day, we were having this like brainstorming again. It was Sunday. We were trying to make our, our, our grocery shopping list. And I'm like, I don't know what to make with steak. You know what? Open the Cozy app. You know it's got recipes there. Let's look it up. Yeah. So she opens the app, types in steak under recipes, like four recipes pop up. And she finds one that was called, um, what was it called? Alan's Flank Steak. And it was amazing. It only had three ingredients. That is a really easy steak for a 13-year-old to make. Yes, it did not freak her out. That's it didn't <laughs> intimidate. Because most of them, like, right, there's so many steps. So yeah. so it, not only was it easy, but then I showed her, I was like, okay, so do you want to make this? And she's like, I guess, but <laughs> I don't want to have to, like, add everything. And I go, okay, well, you see this button right here that has a shopping cart? Click it. Mm-hmm. She clicked it, and it went do you want to add to groceries? She hit yes. And bam, it was there. That is amazing. No, and, and it was funny too, because in the other room, Miguel's like, hey, I got hey. stuff added to the list. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. It was perfect. And then you know what else you could do? So then the other problem we have with the girls that she forgets it's her cooking night. Uh-huh. So then on the same thing, I'm like, see that calendar button? She goes, yep, hit the calendar button. And it opens right up and says, what night do you, or what day do you want to cook this? And then do you want it for breakfast, lunch, or dinner? I love and it. And it added it to her calendar. And it just puts it right there. It put it right there. That is awesome. And Cozy is the number one organizing app that families use to juggle everything, including who is making dinner tonight. Yes. And it is free in the app store. Just download Cozy. That's C-O-Z-I to get the free app today. 
Well, something to look forward to in 2022 is we have the first annual. I'm, I'm putting that out there right first now. It's going to be the first ever. annual too. First ever to be annual. Like be here on the ground floor. The Happy Mom Summit. Woo! It's coming. It's coming. February 28th is when we kick it off. And we are going to have so many phenomenal speakers with the goal of helping you yell less, be more patient, and find that time for you in your life without feeling guilty. Yes, yes. But how are they going to hear about this summit, Joanne? How? You need to be on our email list. And you can do that by downloading our Happy Parent Checklist at noguiltmom.com backslash HPC. And you can do that in the show notes. Now on with the show. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Ryan. We are so happy to have you here. Oh, it's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. And just in like our short like pre-interview, you have such a calming presence. Like I think my stress was like up high and then it's been lowered just a little bit talking to you. So I know that people listening will find a lot of value in this conversation and hopefully it'll lower their stress as well. I'm so glad that we can do that for each other. That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you came to be doing what you do? Well, I am a life coach. I'm a hypnotherapist and a meditation teacher. So those are the three modalities that I work with to help people drop into the best version of themselves and kind of clear away what's no longer working. And how did you, how did you get to do those things? You know, it's usually anyone worth their weight in healing and being a practitioner of any kind has probably walked through some dark nights of the soul to be able to transmute that and then be a lighthouse for others. It doesn't have to, but I usually gravitate to those sorts of healers, practitioners myself, because they speak from experience and they're, they're learned, right? It's through their own practice of what's tried and true. And I tend to have faith in that because mm-hmm. you can have all the certificates on the, on on the walls behind you but if you haven't if you're not truly in integrity with it that doesn't get transmitted to the client it doesn't get um it's it's a state if you will that we're modeling that we're holding in place for someone else to step into in their own way in their own their own version of it i love that i love it and we were talking in the pre-interview about like different times that we've had in our lives especially in like hollywood and how Mm -hmm. like that kind of environment and that kind of situation exacerbates the problems. Can you tell us more about that, about how like your environment was exacerbated? Yeah, I think that we gravitate to places when they're unhealed parts of ourselves, we gravitate to places that can highlight those things. Mm -hmm. Because I think some part of us, the subconscious is trying to move us into wholeness. So we pull in experiences that constantly reflect that part of us that isn't quite um, t- together yet, isn't quite on the other side of, of wholeness, if you will, right? Who's still working things out. And so in my case, it was 
smoke and mirrors, superficiality, addiction, it, those sorts of things of how it showed up on my screen. It's going to show up different for somebody else. You might pull in the bad boy all the time because you're unable to, you know, oversimplifying, you're unable to love yourself enough. So you keep pulling in someone who highlights that belief you have about yourself constantly. So I think that's how it works. And that's certainly how it worked on my timeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think all of us can relate to that where we pull in things that like we do, would you say it's kind of like where we're missing parts of ourselves that we then look to fill that and we don't get in the best relationships or we, is it something I do. Else? I think so. And I think we have beliefs about ourselves. That's why I'm a hypnotherapist. So I believe in the subconscious and that the power of it, it runs 95% of our life. It's under the surface of everything. Mm-hmm. It's what we believe about love, relationships, security, abundance, and it can just run point in our life. So consciously, you might have an idea of how you'd like something to go, but the subconscious will hijack or reroute things based on what's familiar to it. So it's mm-hmm. habitual patterns and thought processes and beliefs. And so um, in hypnosis, we can reconfigure those things. So if you find you're butting up against you know, wanting to live your best life, despite your best efforts, you're not able to, then that's usually the subconscious is in play. And it's our friend. It's not a saboteur. It's trying to move us into alignment, but it's those flags on the field where we start to say, oh, here's this part that's unhealed. Let's take a look at it. How is this working for me? Is this a truth for me? And in my case, I was able to rework that with my own, with a hypnotherapist who showed up for me in a time of need. And so I knew at some point I was going to bring this healing to others. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is a supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. 
I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. That's so interesting because I know that in like my own life, I I feel that feeling of butting up against a wall and not being able to overcome it, like especially in the podcast and in the business. And I think a lot of women actually struggle with this. It's mm-hmm. raising the volume of your voice because you're afraid to put your, your opinions and your thoughts out there because you're, I don't know, afraid of, what would you say? Like afraid criticism, kickback, kickback mm-hmm. yeah. fear. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, I feel that all the time where mm. I, as a business owner, I'm, I'm scared to put the stuff out there that I know will probably resonate with some people, but will really get a big pushback from other mm. people and just saying those strong things that I, I wonder if it's me subconscious be like, Hey, there's something there and there's some healing that needs to be done. Mm. Yeah, it could be. And we need your voice. So that's, the other part that you know, right? There's, and, and we all have as women too, we're conditioned to be the people pleaser. We're conditioned yes. to be a good girl and fall in line and do the right thing and keep quiet. And so that those are all messaging that we've received. It's in our, it's in our, that's in our, that's programming and that's in our subconscious. And so pushing up against that is probably very real for a lot of us. And so, oh my gosh, let's talk about that good girl mentality for a little bit, because I think a lot of women do struggle with it and it relates directly to self-care and like the good girl doesn't leave her family, takes care of her children, like is the sole nurturer and how to do everything right. Yeah. Yeah. Does everything right. Doesn't make a mistake. No way. And her family reflects that. Yeah. Yeah. Like how how could we push back against our inner good girl and actually advocate for ourselves to get like the care we need? Well, I think the first thing is to, to, to notice that that's a lie and it's keeping us bound. Right. It's the version of Chinese foot binding, right? Where we can't run. And mm-hmm. so it's first of all, just calling that out and saying, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody has a clue okay. and you get kids and nobody knows. You might not have a nurturing instinct in you. You might not know, you might not like doing Legos on the floor. That might not be your phase of childhood. You might not like changing diapers. Like, so it's just, it's feeling into your experience and giving yourself a lot of room. So that's part of the good girl. The good girl is something imposed on us. It's a blueprint and it's not real. It's not authentic. And sometimes women uphold this with each other in circles. And I was lucky enough to be in a mommy group and my firstborn and we were all like, what is going on? How do we do this? So find women that you can be yourself with. Find women that you can say, show me how, because I don't know. This is weird. I'm feeling this. Is this, are you feeling this too? Like find a safe group of women. And if there's any woman that uses that as leverage to push herself above you in some way, run. Because this is not, we cannot move through this. Well, we could, can, but it's not as fun <laughs> without the sisterhood, without other moms. And you doing a podcast like this also dispels the uh, these expectations of us having to do things perfectly having to know how to do this kids don't come with manuals and not only that we're also if you're you know conscious you're going to be healing your own childhood alongside raising your own child so that's Mm. that's the goal if you're not conscious you're going to be unconsciously banging up and your kid's going to trigger you all the live long day 
because, and they're going to trigger you anyway, but it's good. It's good. There's not going to be spaces in between because they're going to be acting out again so that you can heal so that then they become the teachers, right? Instead of us teaching them, they're teaching you, they're schooling you in which parts of you are still blanketed in the shadow, which parts of you, you disown, which parts of you, you're not willing to look at. What you said right there is really interesting about being conscious and being conscious of like your own childhood and your own wounds, because that really goes into our parenting, how we learn about something as kids. And then we don't, we like unconsciously do it as Mm -hmm. adults when it doesn't have the best like implications, like the whole, the nagging and reminding kids to do things and trying to control things because we're up against this good girl girl kind of idea where everything needs to be ordered. Our kids need to be perfectly dressed. They need to have like their hair done. They have to have healthy lunches at school. Like all of this, like BS Mm -hmm. that we're fighting against every day. And just knowing that it's okay to say no to those people who reinforce that stereotype Mm -hmm. and that that stereotype doesn't have to happen. It doesn't have to exist. Yeah. It's a self-esteem thing too, because it's saying I'm feeling my way through my childhood, their childhood intuitively, I'm going to trust, I want to make healthy meals because it's important to me to do. I want them to dress this way because, you know, instead of looking at from the outside in and feeling judged, it's really feeling it like this is a value to me. This is important to me and figuring out what those are, how much of it is yours and how much of it is imposed from your parents. You know, you have parents or grandparents that look over, they shouldn't be doing this. It shouldn't look like that. Why is this happening? I I don't have that, but I I, I know that that happens. I have clients that come through here and tell me that. So it's just saying like, what part of that is noise that you can turn the volume down and say, this belongs to me and this belongs to you. And so Mm -hmm. I'm, these are, I'm putting my values as a parent and noticing where you're overcorrecting from your own childhood. You know, I'm fortunate. I have two sets of children, two marriages. So I have one set that I did very different than what I do today. And I, and the one set was raised in Los Angeles, which is much more people, places and things. And this set I'm on a farm. So it's much more like, I'm also an older mom. I'm advanced maternal age, if you will, from when I delivered those (laughs) ones. Um, So there's also a, a, a wisdom that comes along. I've grown a tremendous amount since my children, my oldest is 22. So I'm not the same woman that birthed that boy you know um mm-hmm. so it's fascinating to see that's my blessing to see both to see how i've evolved and how i parent and i don't overcorrect that way but i think we can know we're in the subconscious programming when we say things our parents said and we always catch that when we're in in duress when we're in fight and flight do it because i said so you know <laughs> like those yeah. old school phrases pop out then because we're in that you know our system is jangled So I would say that would be the point to pull, reel yourself back in, notice that that's a subconscious, you know, programming's in play, stop, breathe, and then come back into the moment again and come at it in a different way if you can. And I think it's doing that on your, as often as frequently as you can, that you'll start to unlearn those habitual ways of managing things. And you're able to get out ahead of the fight and flight mode that you know, we're all going to pop into from time to time. The goal is not to be Zen all the time. I just want to say that that's another ridiculous spiritual parenting thing that it's just not going to happen. I think the goal is to move into self-acceptance. The goal is to constantly not be punishing yourself, but evaluating. How did that go? Hmm. That didn't sit well with me. I feel like I kind of had an out-of-body experience there. I feel like my child didn't really respond in that way. So I think you are 
short of like constantly being in your head, I think it's productive to just be in that evaluation mode. I wonder why I got so reactive. Curiosity is a beautiful tool in, in this way of this mode, this way of being. I wonder what, what came up for me. Why did I get so triggered? Wow, that was really interesting. What does this remind me of? When has this happened for me that I felt this way before? And sort of tracing it back like a Sherlock Holmes through it. And, um, you know, whenever we feel like this do or die with our kids, they need to get this, they need to understand this, you know, you've lost the plot. Oh. Right. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is like, first of all, you don't have to be so self-critical to yourself. Like, it's okay if like the things don't get done. It's okay if you lose your cool from time mm -hmm. to time and not be Zen. And then taking that breath and stepping away and figuring that, I mean, essentially you've been triggered and you've resorted back to those old habits that you learned. Uh, you know, I hear from moms all the time who like, they don't want to sit down and play with their kids and they don't want to, they don't want to like do their family time because, and I see it as they're so depleted themselves mm -hmm. that they just don't have the energy to bring to it. So like, how do we get that energy back? How do we, how do we do that as moms? I think, take a look at your day. What are the ingredients in your, in your soup here of your life? Like what are, how much time is it output and how much is input? And it doesn't even have to be a lot. I mean, I remember there was a time where I was living in a guest house while this farmhouse was being built and I had a, a newborn baby and I had teenagers and it was just like, I had no space physically. And there's moments that that happens, you know? And I remember just washing the dishes and the suds in my fingers and bringing myself into that mindful moment and just breathing. And like, there was a noise, the baby was screaming and the kids were fighting. And it just felt like that pressure that happens. And I just sort of breathe, you breathe into it. I brought myself into presence. I didn't need to go sit on my mat and meditate and wave incense and ring bells. And I love to do those things, but the, I don't, <laughs> there wasn't the time for it. So again, I can go within. I always have that place I can retreat to. And for me, it's a safe place. So that's going to be hard if the noise inside you is equal to the noise outside of you. So you're going to want to get a relationship to yourself that feels safe and yummy. And what that means mm -hmm. is there's kindness there, there's compassion, there's space, there's self-acceptance. And when those things are there, I can be washing the dishes and I can retreat into me and I can use my breath and I can repeat a mantra or I can just be present with what's happening and I can get that burst of energy again and start to feel like everything around me can calibrate because I've practiced self-care. So it's, and sometimes it'll show up like that. And other times it's me going on a meditation retreat. It's me taking a walk. It's being with my girlfriends. It's feeling that sisterhood of like another mom going like, I can't believe this is happening. My God, <laughs> you know, will they ever grow out of this stage again? You know, like it's, it's so it, it's gonna, it, it morphs around, but I'm intuitively looking at space in my day and where am I, clocking in time for myself so I can give back because you can't give what you don't have. And, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to go to the hardware store for milk. So find those places in your life that actually give back to you that are not like, oh, I should be working out. Like if working out, find the workout that actually you're not checking it off the list. Find the thing that actually does make you feel good when you work out. Maybe you don't love Pilates, dang it. Maybe you want to mm. go hiking outside. <laughs> so this is again, what this whole theme of this podcast so far has been about really dialing into your authentic needs and wants, figuring out what those are, figuring out what's been imposed on you, letting that go, 
and um, seeing what fills you up and playing with it and getting curious around it. Like, do you like to read? Does that make you feel good? Does that fill you up? Is that a good use of your time? Is it scrolling on Instagram? Who are who's on your Instagram? Who are you curating? Because my Instagram is just filled with inspiring people. There's no people. There's no uh, keeping up with the Joneses on my Instagram. I've curated that and I'm fierce about it because it is a place that I go where I have thought leaders that I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. Wow, I love that. You know, so find those pockets and places in your life that do that for you. And that's real. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask-Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky, wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. Uh, okay, I love that. I, I totally agree with you on the social media thing. I noticed that when I was scrolling through my social media accounts a few months ago, there were some accounts that made me be like, oh, I should be doing yes. that or I should be doing like this. And I was like, delete. Good. And I haven't had those feelings since going back to the exercise. It's really interesting that you mentioned that because I has a favorite. (laughs) I feel like I do that. And I like, I beat myself up. So that exercise, no, doesn't become a restoring activity, but it's like, oh my gosh, here's what I should do. I need to do my cardio. And then I need to do my strength. Oh. And then after cardio, I don't feel like doing strength. And I said, oh, I have not done a good job with my exercise because I have not done strength and it'll just beat me up inside. So I love that you say it should be fun because I see you plenty of days when it's fun. So I, I, I hope you have more of those days. It's fun. It's fun a lot. (laughs) I have a Peloton and I have a very favorite instructor. Oh, that's cool. Just dances the whole time. Cody Rigsby. (laughs) Shout out to Cody. And sometimes we have to just move the needle forward and do the things we don't want to do. It's not all fun, but I I just meant like, find what you're defining as self-care and make it that Mm -hmm. like if exercise isn't self-care, then don't say you checked that box of self-care. If exercise isn't that for you, it doesn't because just because it looks like it should be, if it's not filling you up, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's just another job that you feel 
you have to do to maintain your health good but don't put it in the category of self-care because when i'm we're talking about mm -hmm. self-care is something that fills you up so you can as a mom as a parent so you can give back to your world that that depends on you and if yeah. you if exercise doesn't fit in that and it's just you know just like we eat right or we drink our water or not we don't always want to drink our friggin 64 ounces of water a day which i don't so <laughs> Um, but like all these tasks, yes, all these tasks and, you know, so figure out what you're defining as self-care, maybe make a list and what that looks like to you. You know, you talked earlier about a podcast you listened to where I had talked about a menu. So make a menu ahead of time of things that fill you up. So that way, when you're in that shaky place or you're in a darker zone or a season of your day that you can say, oh, you know what? I'm going to do this one. Um, this feels good to me right now. And you look through that list because the mind that's already in it can't see its way out. So you're not going to feel like mm -hmm. doing anything. You're just going to want to Netflix or you're just going to want to like do something else that might not be as uplifting. So, oh yeah. My go-to is eating a lot of junk food on the couch while watching Shit's Creek. And that does not make me feel better. <laughs> I can say from the get -go. But there's a place for it. Yes. <laughs> there's yeah. a place for it. But that does not make me feel better in the right. moment. But I like what you said about like the mind, like it doesn't know how to get out of it when it's in it. So I, I need one of those self-care like menus and writing it down um, and finding what I find personally fulfilling. A lot of things I see with moms though, is they've gotten to this point where they don't even know what personally fulfills them mm -hmm. anymore. Do you have any advice for like how to find out like what they love doing again? Well, you know, I'm just going to toss in there that I think a lot of us like that. That's a really good point. We get stuck in our identity as a mom and that is who we are. And then when something happens that shifts that, like I, I went through that myself a few years back when I got a divorce and I'm like, I have no idea what I like to do because my whole life, my everything in my day to day was about raising my kids, getting from here to there, being a good wife, doing what I need to do at home as well. And then it, it's, it's very, very daunting to have that moment, that realization of that. I have no idea what I like to do anymore. So like, so yeah. So how do you, how do you get to that? It, it was a hard road for me. I'm hoping that there's, there's some better advice than mine. <laughs> I think I always say, what did you like to do before? You know, what, what have you always wanted to yeah. do that you said, someday I'm going to be a knitter. Someday I'm going to make jewelry. Someday, you know, pull the, pull, make that list. You know, mm -hmm. um, I say the jewelry because I like to make jewelry and I, I have always bought beads and done all of that. And in fact, I sell jewelry on my website now. Like it's just, it's something I've always loved. Mm -hmm. It's always been a through line. And so I always knew I would do it and I'm doing it now. So it's, it's, find that thing that makes you feel good that you've always thought someday make it now make that pull that list out and then kind of start exploring it and maybe you don't like beading maybe you don't like knitting but at least you're hitting that list that bucket list if you will of hobbies of interests of you know maybe there's a book club maybe they make that list of things because i bet you if you sit down with a pen and paper you're much more interesting than you think you are you have much more interests it's just that the life's gotten small for a minute you know, and there's a time for that. And then there's a time to expand and, um, and then start asking people, what do you like to do? How do you, what do you do in your spare time? Like get curious again, here's that curiosity, how it can serve us. What do you do to fill your time and then get cracking? I, I think that's amazing advice. And, um, I think that's the, what you eventually did too. It is. It, is. Found it, it took me a little while. That, that's where I found out that I love going to see live music mm -hmm. and I love being on the water. 
but I had no idea. Those were things I had never done before. Mm -hmm. And now they're a big part of my life. So yeah. Good for you for following that because some people don't and that's, it's all there. You know, the breadcrumbs are there. That's the thing. It's not like you need to become someone else. It's all there. All your interests have always been there in what you've watched and who you've hung out with. And, and so the, it's just follow the breadcrumbs. It's not like you have to reinvent this new person that exists that you have to align with who's, who's advanced some other place. She's right here right now. So. And giving yourself permission to be curious and follow the breadcrumbs and take like breaks from your responsibilities. I think like that's a that's huge, huge, huge thing as yeah, well. Yeah, it's a priority. Well, this has been amazing, Ryan. I have so many things that I'm going to take away from this. I'm going to like write down my list of self-care activities right when we get off. (laughs) Uh, Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at Ryan Haddon coach. And then my website, I'm ryanhaddon.com. Awesome. And what, what are you most looking forward to right now? Well, I'm just turning in my book manuscript. And so I'm really excited about that. It's been almost a year of working on it. And so I'm at the final tail end of it. So I'm excited about that. Oh, wow. What's it about? It's about finding your center, that place within you and nine, nine ways to do that, that to anchor into that relationship to yourself. And so we, I talked about that a little bit. And from there, every good thing grows passion, purpose, abundance, all relationships sort of find their place once you have you're dialed in. So how do you do that? This book will talk about the steps. Ooh, very excited. That is a book I want to read. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on. It has been amazing. No, thanks. So one thing about this interview is that Ryan just brought such calm. Like you just felt calmer talking to her. She is definitely one of those people that can take you from on that, like, I just had 10 cups of coffee high to like, oh, I can meditate. My friend Tasha uh, has a name for this. She calls her husband this as well. It's human Xanax. Oh my gosh. And it's, yes, it's she's like so a, calming. a wonderful quality because, and like, I mean, we have stressed out lives. I'm like a basket case most of the time. <laughs> oh yeah. So that's why we get along so well. Yeah. We're both, we both basket. We just, ba- we just bounce back the basketball for the basket case back and forth to each We're other. We're like squirrel. And the other one's like, where? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what it's like working with us. Another squirrel. <laughs> Another squirrel. Oh, where is it this day? No. But Ryan brings such a calm and uh, she had some amazing tips, especially like self-care and finding who you are, because I think that's so hard as a mom. A lot of us second guess ourselves in like doing things for ourselves. Like I do. I second guess doing things for myself because I'm like, oh, but if I go do this and take this time then I take away from my family and they might need something during this time. And I really liked Ryan's journey. Like she really has been through the highs and the lows and has really found that, that calm middle ground for reflection. And it was just, it was just awesome. So like if anybody wants to, if you want to connect with Ryan, learn more about her and what she does, click on the the link in the show notes Mm -hmm. for Ryan, because she does some amazing stuff. guys. She has a great, great story. So Until next time, remember, the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. 
But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom in Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.